0: Hello everyone, I'm Gia Gatapia from BPI Asset Management and Trust Corporation and welcome to another episode of Wealth Watchers. Our episode today is entitled When the Chips Are Down as we are really in for some challenging times ahead. You know, in an environment where inflation risks are high, oil prices are surging, and current macroeconomic forecasts paint a challenging time for equities and fixed income. The question really is, how can investors like you and me position our investments to be able to maximize the market dips? We recently held a webinar regarding these biggest events in the month of March. So let's tune in as Ms. Franz Ferrer, one of the members of our research team here in BPI-AMTC, sheds light on these recent market developments.
1: Franz, last month, we talked a lot about the war between Ukraine and Russia. This still seems to be a major focus of the market, right? It sure is, Gia. So since last month's reporting,
2: the war has actually escalated and various sanctions have been imposed on Russia including uh, but definitely not limited to bans on certain exports and imports, flights, sanctions on Russian businesses, banks, and individuals, particularly on high-profile oligarchs. And these measures um, are designed to inflict pain on Russia's economy with the objective of a quick end to the invasion of Ukraine. But while these sanctions are imposed on Russia, the global economy is a casualty of this war. So I want the viewers to consider this. Russia is the world's second highest exporter of crude oil after Saudi Arabia. It is also a major producer and exporter of essential commodities. So oil prices surged following Russia's invasion of Ukraine on February 24. And Western sanctions have further pushed up oil prices to highs not seen since the 2008 financial crisis. Early March, Brent crude oil surged to above $140 per barrel and have since eased to hover around $110 per barrel as of end March. Additionally, Russia is the world's largest exporter of fertilizers. They count for 23% of ammonia exports, 14% of urea exports, 10% of processed phosphate exports, and 21% of potash exports. So why is this important? Fertilizer is a key agricultural input that dramatically increases the yield of corn, soy, rice, and wheat plantations. So due to the sanctions on Russian exports, fertilizer prices have skyrocketed, leading farmers to scale back its use and also shrink the area of land that they have been planting on, posing a threat to the world food supply. So that results to more people suffering from food hunger. So if we put these two together, the Ukraine-Russia conflict is fueling um, fears of a double whammy to inflation in the form of higher oil prices and hikes in food prices in the near term.
1: Yes, thank you, friends, for um, explaining that very comprehensively. And with that, we know inflation around the globe is already extremely elevated, so we can expect this to get even higher moving forward.
2: That's right. So U.S. inflation surged to 7.9% in February from 7.5% in in January. Given so much upward pressure to inflation from the Ukraine-Russia war, we can expect the data in March to pick up even further. So and this may be even greater for the Eurozone as well, it reported record high inflation of 5.8% in February, and it is the largest importer of Russian oil and gas, so we can expect it will be highly impacted um, by the elevated
1: prices. Okay, understand, friends. Um, we know that inflation is one of the factors uh, central banks consider when raising rates. How have the central banks reacted so far?
2: Good question. So last month, Daz mentioned that central banks are in a tight spot because we're seeing an environment where we have greater inflation risks, but also economic growth risks due to the declining purchasing power of consumers, um, supply chain disruptions, uncertainties due to the, um, the Ukraine and Russia conflict, and also the economic sanctions. So the Fed has to be careful because if it raises rates too quickly, It risks tipping the U.S. economy into recession. And on the other hand, if it raises rates too slowly, inflation could run away. But this month, the hawkishness of central banks um, has become more apparent. In its March meeting, the U.S. Fed raised the federal funds target range for the first time since December 2018 by 25 basis points to 0.25 percent to 0.5 percent. Mm-hmm.
1: I understand the markets had been expecting a rate hike in the March meeting. Mm-hmm. Do we have more clarity on how much further the Fed will raise rates in the future?
2: We do. The Fed has signaled that it would raise rates six more times in 2022, penciling in quarter percentage point increases at each of the remaining six meetings this year in an effort to combat inflation at 40-year high. So the Fed's new dot plot, which the US Central Bank uses to signal its outlook for the path of interest rates, now shows a median projection for a cumulative 175 basis points in rate hikes in 2022. So this would lift the midpoint of the target range to 1.875% at year end. Notably as well, the median projection for end 2023 was also increased to. 2.75%. 2.75%. And then following the March meeting, Fed policymakers later signaled that they are open to big rate hikes to fight multi-decade high inflation, including a possible 50 percentage point interest rate hike at the next policy meeting in May. Um, additionally, the Fed has also revised its projections for inflation upwards, so to 4.3% this year from its December projection and expects it to fall to 2.3% by 2024. It has also revised its projection for U.S. economic growth downwards to 2.8% in 2022, previously having estimated 4% in its December projection. So while economic growth in 2021 was supported by vaccinations, reopening of economies, and fiscal and monetary support, we're seeing some resurgence of the pandemic, which has caused lockdowns in China, uh, and new risks to global economic growth from the Ukraine-Russia
1: war. Okay, thank you very much, France, for explaining that and uh, what we can expect Mm -hmm. moving forward in terms of interest rate movements. And are are there any other things that the Fed can do to try to address elevated inflation.
2: Yes. So Powell has also indicated that the Fed could begin reducing the size of its nearly $9 trillion balance sheet in May. So trimming the Fed's portfolio of treasuries and mortgage backed securities would further put downward pressure on inflation. Recall that one way that the Fed supported the U.S. economy during the worst of the pandemic was through its asset purchase program. So the central bank would buy bonds in the financial market to inject liquidity and lower yields, hoping to encourage banks to lend and households and businesses to spend to limit the economic damage from the pandemic. So while the Fed was able to help Americans throughout the pandemic, it's um, through its ultra accommodative monetary policy, 40 year high inflation has now become a severe issue as it's heavily eating into the paychecks of Americans. So now the Fed is looking to temper inflation by shrinking its wall and balance fee. What we can expect to see is now the reverse. The Fed could be taking money out of the financial system, which would push up U.S. rates, including the U.S. Treasury bonds. And then higher borrowing costs will then slow economic growth, easing the pressure
1: on inflation. Okay, so overall, France, we can expect to see fixed income yields go higher As central banks raise rates to combat inflation, you know, the usual economic cycle, what would this mean for our investors, friends?
2: As central central banks raise their benchmark rates and inflation risks are rising, investors will demand higher yields to compensate. On the one hand, this would mean that prices of fixed income bonds would go down. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, it also means that later on, investors would have the opportunity to invest at higher rates. So taking a look at current fixed income yields, we can see that these have already risen a lot compared to that at the end of last year. So, and this is true for both U.S. Treasury yields and Philippine government bond yields. In particular, the yields at the two-year to 10-year tenors as of March 31 um, are higher than pre-pandemic levels. So while we expect the upward pressure on yields to dominate the market, yields are starting to look attractive. So we are closely monitoring how yields are moving to see potential opportunities to add positions in international fixed income. On the other hand, domestic yields at the um, short end remain low, given the BSP has kept its stance on maintaining accommodative monetary policy with the key rate at 2%. Despite raising the average inflation outlook to 4.3% for 2022, which is beyond the BSP's target range of 2 to 4%, BSP chief Diokno indicated that the central bank would rather wait until the second half of the year before it considers um, a rate increase. Mm-hmm. So Further, the governor forecasts that the key policy rate may be gradually raised from the current 2% to 2.5%, deemed to be reasonable and consistent with the country's economic growth and inflation targets. He also Mm -hmm. added that the timing of the rate hike would continue to be data dependent and that the policy rate of Mm
1: 2.75% might be reached perhaps by next year. Thank you very much, France, for sharing with us how the interest rate movements can affect the investments of uh, Filipino investors in particular, and for sharing with us how the BSP would um, move moving forward in terms of um, interest rate or policy rate movement. How, France, will rising rates in the U.S. or globally affect the peso currency? So rising rates in the U.S. will
2: weaken the peso against the dollar. So as rates abroad increase while domestic rates are maintained, the former becomes more attractive to investors and is seen to divert funds away from the Philippines and into U.S. U.S. fixed income securities, for example. On that note, the ongoing Ukraine-Russia war is anticipated to weaken the PESO as it makes imports more expensive. Again, this also increases the local demand for the dollar as businesses will need to pay import bills. Taking these into account, we have revised our 2022 U.S. dollar PESO exchange rate forecast from 52 to above 52.5.
1: Okay, so far, friends, we've discussed the impact of higher rates and inflation risks on fixed income markets. What's our outlook for stock market, friends?
2: Well, the current and forecasted macroeconomic environment is also painting a challenging time for equities. So for the three largest economies, U.S., Europe and China, we're seeing worsening forecasts such as large upgrades to inflation, and downgrades to GDP for 2022 forecasts um, since July 2021. So these two factors will weigh on the earnings of companies and hence indicate challenges to the equity market. While global equities reached all-time highs in 2021, boosted by strong corporate earnings and highly accommodative fiscal and monetary policies, 2022 will be much different. Some risks we saw in 2021 still remain, Um, new COVID variants and resurgences, global supply chain disruption, and persistent inflation. However, new risks have also emerged this year. So there's hawkish central banks, the absence of the Fed or ECB in the trading markets, and the impact of the Ukraine-Russia war. Any escalation of geopolitical tension would only add to the uncertainties and the volatility of the market. So things that would support uh, investor sentiment and lift the stock markets would be some positive developments with regards to the war, like progress on peace talks between Russia and Ukraine, for example. Um, Also easing crude oil prices and positive economic data showing economies remain strong enough to weather through the challenging economic environment.
1: Okay. So overall, France, there are diverging factors that can affect economic movement, you know, in the future, both domestically and in the global markets. Is there a bright side to all of this, like a silver lining that all of us can expect to happen in the near future, perhaps?
2: Actually, yes, I'm happy to say so. So on the bright side, long term investors can build positions by buying on dips strategically when the markets are down. So a challenged market is a great time to grow your portfolio and benefit later on when when economies return to the growth cycle. It is our recommendation for clients to invest for the long term in order to ride out the volatility in stock markets. So on the bright side, long term investors can build positions by buying on dips strategically when the markets are down. A challenged market is a great time to grow your portfolio and benefit later on when economies return to the growth cycle. Is our recommendation for clients to invest for the long term in order to ride out the volatility in stock markets. So while we think um, domestic equities are vulnerable to the uncertainties globally, some positive developments are happening locally because we lagged in terms of economic recovery. There are catalysts for growth in 2022, which is set to be the full reopening or recovery year for the Philippines. Relaxing of COVID restrictions can boost economic recovery, especially in sectors badly hit by the pandemic, such as restaurants and hotels. This should also help bring back jobs or generate new jobs and build more positive sentiment in consumers and businesses. So to support this, Um, we can see that domestic mobility has generally recovered to pre-pandemic levels. Under Alert Level 1, we can see that visits to parks have significantly increased. People are more confident to go out and shop and enjoy other recreational activities, and many have started to return to the office. Um, Increased mobility will support consumer spending and business sentiment, which in turn should boost corporate earnings for Philippine companies. As Das has mentioned, our base case for base case PSEI target for the year is seven thousand six hundred, which represents a seven percent gain from the end of twenty twenty one.
1: Thanks for that, friends. For me personally, I can relate to what you just shared because I've been going out recently. You know that uh, feeling of revenge spending. I've been going oh to the mall, going out with my friends. So I can perfectly relate to what you just said. Since we've got a good background on the outlook for investment markets France, I think we can now move on to the questions. Okay? So here's our first question. Okay? So first, as the Ukraine Russia conflict has taken the center stage in the markets and given vaccination rates are also up, is the pandemic still a big risk? You mentioned earlier France that, you know, we're seeing some resurgence because of some lockdown happening mm-hmm. in China. So is there, is the pandemic still a big risk for all of us uh, this 2022?
2: Well, that's a great question and thank you for that. So even if worries over the pandemic have kind of taken a backseat in today's markets, it still poses a great risk to global growth and inflation. So in March, we saw resurgence, we saw surges in daily new cases across China, Europe and South Korea for um, China in particular, the outbreak has led um, China to be placed under the strictest lockdown in key cities since the initial outbreak outbreak two years ago. So in the last week of March, the oil market was affected by COVID fears as China announced a planned lockdown of half of Shanghai, raising concerns about energy demand. So as a result, the U.S. crude tumbled 7% and Brent lost 6.8% on the news. So the magnitude of the sell-offs reflects investors' fears that lockdowns in China could spread. Um, So the lockdown is worrisome because it causes a temporary hit to factory production, which causes supply chain disruptions. And supply chain disruptions curb trade and investment. So this adds risks to both inflation and economic growth.
1: Okay, thank you very much for answering that question, France, but uh to be honest, you know, um lockdown or undergo undergoing another series of um, lockdowns or different alert levels is something that we don't want to go through again. So let's pray right. that uh, this won't happen again. Next question, France. Again, thank you for answering that. Duterte signed the amendments to the Public Service Act or the PSA. What does this mean for the Philippine market, France?
2: Right. So this month, President Duterte signed into law, Republic Act Number no. 11650, which amends the Public Service Act. So basically, the law allows telecommunications, airlines, expressways, tollways, railways and shipping in the country to be open to full foreign ownership. This can be seen as a positive, as it should attract foreign funds to related sectors. So Trade Secretary, Ramon Lopez, has mentioned that he expects to attract 60 to $100 billion worth of investments in the next two years. Um, However, it, it may take a while before we actually see the material impact from this development.
1: Okay, I see. Thank you very much, France, for answering that question. I think that is uh, also a supplement to the tax reform that we recently had under the CREATE, where um, some tax incentives have been provided to some foreign companies and foreign investments. Lastly, France, BPI-AMTC has been promoting new sustainable funds. Can you give us some insights on the prospects of sustainable investments and why investors should consider adding these sustainable funds to their portfolios? Right. So
2: BPI-AMTC has launched the BPI Invest Sustainable Fund Suite, a first in the country. So our three new funds are the BPI Invest Sustainable Global Bond Fund of Funds, the BPI Invest Sustainable Global Balanced Fund of Funds, and the BPI Invest Sustainable Global Equity Fund of Funds. These three new funds employ a fund of fund approach by investing a number of identified and select global mutual funds. So adhering to the highest ESG standards, the underlying mutual funds invest in companies whose operational practices, um, the goods and services they offer, respond to the various sustainable issues such as climate change, renewable energy, uh, resource efficiency, inequality, among others. So equally important, these these funds seek to deliver consistent long-term financial returns. So bpi T C is collaborating with some of the biggest names in the global asset management industry and sustainable investing, such as the Janus Henderson Investors, Schroeder Investment Management, Wellington Management, J P Morgan Asset Management, and PIMCO, to name, to name a few. So we ex- expect accelerated growth in ESG markets, especially with increasing customer demand, government commitments, and continuous development across asset classes and themes. So according to reports from Bloomberg, global ESG assets, um, for those who aren't aware um, yet for what ESG stands for, it stands for environmental, social, and corporate governance. So global ESG assets may grow to $41 trillion by the end of 2022 and may hit the $53 trillion mark by 2025,
1: one-third of the
2: projected total global assets under management.
1: That sounds very promising, France. Thank you. Thank you very much, France, for answering all of our questions for today. It seems that in a span of just one month, the outlook for investment markets has turned quite grim. But like you mentioned, we can be positive and take this as a good opportunity for some of our listeners to take advantage of the market dips and build their investments for the long term. And for that, France, do you have any last words for our listeners today? Uh, thanks, Gia. Um, yes, I would just like to remind
2: our investors that um, the benefit of investing for the long term is definitely that you can ride out all the short term volatility in the market and have um,
1: better gains in the future. That's right. As we always tell our clients, friends, you know, investing is really a long term endeavor. The longer you stay invested, the higher the the earning potential you probably will be able to get.
0: So there you have it. To our listeners, we hope that uh, wherever you are in the world, you are safe, happy, and comfortable. We hope that you tune in to our next episode here on Wealth Watchers as we wait and see how these global developments will unfold. And rest assured that we will be here to help you navigate these really challenging times. To our listeners, if you have any questions, please send us an email at bpi__asset__management at BPI.com.ph. Again, my name is Gia Gatapia and thanks for tuning in to Wells Radio. Growing Wells made easy. BPI Asset Management and Trust Corporation is regulated by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas.